Hey, welcome to the Monarch Experience. I am your host, Mr. Ancona, and here at the Monarch Experience, we are giving students the platform to voice what matters most to them. And today, oh man, am I excited for the student, for the former student that we have, class of 2012, former Memorial Monarch, Jagan Mosley. Yes, that's right. The Jagan Mosley of the Georgetown Hoyas. We're going to give a quick major shout out to Mr. Styler and Mr. Fine for kind of helping me, you know, through the, the creative process of figuring out the questions I wanted to ask Jagan, the, where I wanted the conversation to go with Jagan. I didn't want to make this a conversation that was just purely basketball related. I didn't want to make this a conversation that was purely just, you know, what are your memories back at Memorial related? I wanted this to be a conversation with a really, really great person about his experience uh, at Memorial in, you know, Marlboro, New Jersey growing up and then going on to Georgetown, but also about his process, how he handles failure, how he reacts to failure, how he reflects on good things that have come his way, the confidence that he's had, the, uh, the people that have kind of helped him along the way achieving all of his successes. And, you know, I think that all of what you're going to hear in this conversation, it's applicable to any aspect of your life. There was a lot that, that you're going to hear that Jagan and I were talking about that I found myself applying to, you know, the way that I do this podcast, um, the way that I teach, the, the way that I am as a, as a human being, as a communicator. And I think that you're going to absolutely love this episode. So without further ado, Let's dive right in. 2012 undefeated Memorial Champs, New Jersey Player of the Year, his senior year, four-year varsity player at St. Anthony's, the Big East Sportsman of the Year, and the guard for the Georgetown Hoyas, Jagan Mosley. Jagan, thank you so much for being a part of the Monarch Experience podcast. Things have probably changed a lot for, uh, for, for you as well as for Memorial since the last time you were there. How's everything going? It's been crazy. Um, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I've been trying to get back to Memorial, but, uh, you know, every summer I have to go to school for summer classes, and it's actually, like, my longest period of time being home, and I can't even leave the house, so it's been kind of weird. Yeah, I'm sure that's, sure that's got to be quite unfair. You know, you're finally home, and you finally have time to catch up, and it's not going to happen. Anywhere. can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, as we, before we jump into this, I was talking to Mr. Styler and Mr. Fine just kind of about like your accomplishments and just trying to get an idea of like, you know, cause I followed you uh, in your career the last couple of years, mainly really just with you as the, the human, you as the person, you know, and like all the accolades that you've had and the successes you've had, they're, they're amazing. And you know, I have to confess, I'm not a big college basketball fan. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of following you and like your legacy and like all the things that you've been doing and, and your impact as, as the man and uh, style and Mr. Fine really kind of helped me, you know, get an idea of, of all that you've done, you know, since on the court. Uh, but, but style has got a pressing question that he wanted to ask you. Okay. He wanted to know that despite being older, he wanted to know if he's still a better dancer than you. Uh, I don't think he was ever a better dancer than me. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I, I think style likes to, uh, likes to pretend that he is uh, this, you know, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson, uh, prodigy. <laughs> Whatever helps him sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is that kind of how he was? Um, was he, he, did he coach you when you were here? 
Or was it Mr. Pags? No, it was uh, Mr. Nasidis. Oh, Mr. Nasidis. Oh, man. It's been a long time. It's been man. a while. Yeah. I actually think he, he might have went to Marlboro, I think, maybe the year after I left or two years after. Okay. Because then, yeah, then, then Pags took over and had yeah. in that style helping him out. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to Nasidis uh, in the years? Um, he'll like tweet me and uh, we'll text back and forth a little bit, not consistently, but we, we stay in touch, uh, especially on, cause I share the same birthday as uh, one of his kids. Oh yeah. Especially when our birthday's coming up. Yeah. Nice. You got a birthday in May, right? May 15th. I'll probably still be inside for <laughs> Oh no, don't say that. I hope May 15th, maybe, maybe we're allowed outside for a little bit. You're, you're a senior at Georgetown. You, uh, you're majoring in finance and graduation is is up in the air i know georgetown kind of postponed it what are your feelings on you know i i know i know everyone's response to being stuck at home is it, it sucks but what are your post-graduation plans post-graduation plans uh i'm still going to pursue basketball you know I, I i know i went to georgetown when i chose georgetown it was a 40-year decision instead of a four-year decision um but that's kind of like a like a plan b for me um, so right now I'm deciding between some agents and then just seeing uh, where to go from there, you know, with the, all the virus things going on. Um, it's kind of messing up the pre-draft process and, you know, pre-draft camps and everything like that. So I've just been working out from home and just trying to stay ready and see what happens next. That's amazing. Do you ever look in the mirror at this point and just say like, I, Jake and Mosley, I'm working on pre-draft process and getting with an agent and I'm doing all that? It's crazy. Like when you were, you know, introducing me, you were like naming like, you know, all the accolades. It's kind of like it was just like surreal to me. Um, you know, you you I picked up a basketball when I was first seven years old, you know, like 13, 14 years later. I'm here and you know, it doesn't it doesn't really feel real. Actually, it doesn't feel real at all. But, you know, that's that's the main goal when you first start playing basketball. You want to make money uh at some point down the line doing something you love so it's kind of it's kind of crazy that i made it this far but i know a long way to go that's that's amazing i think you said it really well you know the you you want to have fun you want to do something that you love but you also want to be able to make money and and you know make the thing you love be the thing that supports you right 100 so you know i I know that one of the coolest things for me kind of watching you on social media and just kind of seeing your interaction with the fans it's so clear that you have this amazing connection with your fans and your fans obviously feel so passionate and fo- so you know, grateful towards all your accomplishments that you've had during the last four years. Why is that so important to you? Is, is there someone that you kind of model that, that feeling after? Um, I mean, the way I see it is like, like being a human being is just, that's just part of being a, a respectful, you know, caring human being. If someone cares for you, you should care for them back unless they do you wrong. And it's, it's not like my celebrity status is on the level of LeBron James where he literally can't respond to everybody. Um, you know, I play basketball in college, but I feel as if I, have, if I have the time in the day, I should be able to respond to as many people as I can. And, you know, they look up to me just like I looked up to some people when I was a young kid. So I feel as if it's just me doing my due diligence for people that support me. Was there anyone that kind of ingrained that in you? Or is that something you just for as long as you could remember, that's just always been your personality? I think that's just been my personality. Like I never was really told like, oh, you should you should respond to these people or you should show them show them love. It was just if someone shows me love, I'll show it back. I think that, you know, and I think that that speaks towards, you know, you as the the person that you are. It's all about, you know, like I, I read somewhere, you know, you may uh when it comes to like, you know, I know you said celebrity in, in quotes, right? But like to, to your fans, you're you are a celebrity. 
you know, in, in one way or another, you are a celebrity or someone that they, they follow, they look after, they model themselves after, you know, of all ages. And, you know, we'll talk about the girl with the sign in a second, because that was, I was kind of like blowing up on Twitter a little bit. It was really cool to see that. But, you know, there was, there was a quote that I heard, I think it was uh, Ronnie James Dio, the heavy metal guy. He said, you know, like, uh, you know, give everybody their moment because you may forget it, but they'll never forget it. You know, and I think that that idea that what you just said, if they're going to give you love that, you know, you should be able to give it back to them. It's a beautiful thing. The, the girl with the heart of the lion uh, sign. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what, when did that happen? And then I know you were able to get in contact with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how did that process unfold and, and what was her reaction like? So I think we played, I want to say Xavier. So it might have been our second to third to last home game. And it was kind of starting to dwell on me that, you know, out of all the home games I played that this was like one of my last. And um, so there's this account on Instagram, it's Hoya.Saxa. And her, I think her name is Christine or Christina. I don't want to mess that up. But um, she's been taking pictures of at the games from my freshman year, actually before my freshman year, but, you know, from my, all my four years that I've been on the team. And I've started following the account and see all the pictures she's posted. And then I see that picture. And I just the first thing that that like dawns on me is I want to meet I want to meet her like you know I don't really get to look into the crowd during games um, so I don't really see any crowd, uh, any signs made but seeing that she personally made a sign for me and the caption was that her mom the the girl's mom told Christine that she spent a lot of time making it so if someone's taking time out of their day to make a sign for me I definitely take time out of my day to meet the uh, meet the girl so yeah that's awesome I mean and. Dude, she's going to, like, that girl's going to remember that for, for so long, you know, and, and that you took the time because she spent all that time making that poster and you took, you know, a couple minutes out of your day or whatever to, to just kind of chat with her and get to know her. Like, that's, those, those are things. How old was she? She like 10, 12? She, she, she said she was nine. Oh, wow. Nine, I think, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're making an impact on people for, for really good reasons. Um, so well, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. You know, you, you went to Memorial, you were under undefeated champions back in 2012. You graduated in 2012. Um, th- that was my second year. And, and I remember, I still remember where you sat in my class, like right in the middle it was a third row. Yeah. It was like yeah. third or fourth seat. I still tell people every once in a while where I'll be like, that was Jagan Mosley's seat. And they're like, <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I remember that exact. Seat. I haven't moved that one desk. That one desk has not been moved. Um, I, I can't say it hasn't been clean now because, you know, obviously everything's getting scrubbed down. Uh, so I can't make that joke. But, you know, in all seriousness, it's, it's really cool kind of looking back and, and seeing that, you know, 2012, I still remember, and I want to hear your take on this, because mm-hmm. I still remember the buzz that was going around in that building uh, before the game, before the last two championship games, um, the, or at least the ones that were at Memorial. And I still remember, like, the, the gym was packed like standing room only, like you couldn't even like squeeze people in there. And that's not something that we normally have or have had mm-hmm. since, you know, we've had some nice turnouts for any sporting event, but nothing like that. It, it felt like it was, it was electric. You know, there was, uh, mm-hmm. what was, what are your memories of that? I know it was a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, there's a few games that I remember in my middle school career and like some, I remember one we was when I was in seventh grade actually, and I was playing with George Elgu, you know, Josh Zemlock, all those guys. And I think we lost the championship that year, that that year to uh, Wall. And I remember the gym being packed. That's the only thing I can really remember from that from that gym, that game. And I remember that game. Yeah, that game, and then the student versus teachers game was the one I remember the most too. Uh, um, with your eighth grade year or seventh grade? 
uh, I think eighth grade year. I, okay. I think I tried to dunk and I missed, but like the gym went kind of crazy. <laughs> but I was just like, I kind of felt like I should have made it. I, I definitely remember people egging you on to dunk. And yeah. there was there. I still remember people being like, is, is he going to dunk? Is right. he? And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I'm playing in the game. Yeah. I mean, people were telling me to do it like, week before the game, so I tried it out. Uh, I wasn't able to do it at the time. I thought, but, you know, I kind of wish I did. It would have added to the legend, but, you know. Oh, totally. Wait, so you had never dunked leading up to that point? Uh, I don't think so. I oh, might have been, like, jumping and, like, grabbing the rim in practice, but I don't think yeah. I dunked in the game, so no. Oh, man. Yeah. I just said, try it out. I mean, it's like an all-star <laughs> game. Why, why, why not? Right? Yeah, exactly. And what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I could um, my back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've had enough teachers get hurt during those games. <laughs> that that I think that was one like one of the last years that we did it. I think like three. Oh, you don't do it no more. No, no way, man. It's oh. uh, we had it, you know it was fun, but after a while it kind of got um, what's the word? Pathetic. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It got really pathetic watching uh, <laughs> watching like Mr. O'Leary and uh, and maybe like one other person like actually look competent. And then the rest yeah, right, of us, right. like, you know, like <laughs> sucking wind on the side. We're like opening the doors in December to try to breathe. I'm, <laughs> yeah, who's coughing up blood on the side? No, yeah. Crazy. No, we, had, we actually had some people get hurt. I think uh, Bruzy uh, tore an ACL. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's oh, good. yeah. She's yeah good. Full, full recovery. But it was, I think, like she tore an ACL. And then, like, the next year we had another teacher who um, had, like, a history of ACL. Like, literally – <laughs> three seconds in loose ball and then just boom goes down oh my yeah. goodness and yeah. and it was like two years in a row and we were like we're snake bit no way yeah you know? so they they ended that you know what's cool though what came out of that though oh uh, we do uh like you know the high, i don't know if at saint anthony's they did like a battle of the classes or anything like that my school is too small but yeah. I, used to, I used to visit Marlboro's Battle Okay. The, I used to love them. Yeah. And Marlboro's Battle of the Classes are, like, out of control. Yeah. Because like, they do a whole big production. So we kind of did, like, a Battle of the Classes light. Um, and we just did Battle of the Quads. And it has been a huge hit. Quads. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Quads. That's crazy. Yeah. Quads yeah. that make no sense, right? Because quads is four and we only have three. Three, yeah. 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 <laughs> which, oh, wow. Which every middle schooler is like, you know, at one point sometime in the spring, they usually kind of scratching their head as like the year winds down. And they're like, why do we have four quads and there's only three? We're like, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. I forgot about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, But, (laughs) but uh, so do you have, uh, do you still keep in touch with anybody from, I know you rattled off a couple of names from the seventh grade championship or not championship year. Um, Do you keep in touch with any of them? Do you keep in touch with any friends? Um, I tried, I tried, I think when I was like a freshman, sophomore, you know, I tried because I was making new friends, you know, an hour away, but over yeah. the weekends I wasn't able to really, um, like, you know, go, go hang out with them. So I was an hour away. Like I said, I couldn't drive myself. I guess as the years go on, you, you start to not outgrow people, but you know, you, you know, you're an adult, the people start fading away. But like, I know that if I was to, you know, hit Nick Valencia or Brian Stone, Cosville, all those guys that it'll still be loved there. We don't talk as much as we used to, but those are still my guys. So yeah. Yeah, it's it, it does get harder. And I think you worded that perfectly. Like yeah. you don't they don't fade out. It's just it becomes so much more difficult to keep in touch. Right. And then that physical distance, I mean, we know that so much more now, right? Like that yeah. physical distance makes it makes it hard. Yeah. Makes it real hard. Is there any uh do you have any single memory? 
you know, I know middle school has been so long ago, but right. do you have any single memory academic or athletic, whether it's a picture or a sound or hopefully not a smell from middle school, your time at Memorial that, that kind of stands out? Uh, I would say the, the academic games, you know, obviously your class, the vocab, the baseball vocab game. You were the uh, first year we did that. Really? I can't yeah. believe you remember that. Yeah, I loved that. I was, that oh. was fun. Yeah. I hope you still do that. Oh, we absolutely. And we've, okay. we've actually gotten it a little bit. We've made it a little bit more complicated, you know, involved double steals and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, that game. And then I don't know if Mrs. Brady's still there. Uh, she, no, she's retired. Okay, yeah, she was my she was my Spanish teacher. And she yeah. did the game with like you had to wear hospital socks that so you can step on the mat and guess the right word. So that I like that too. So yeah, those nice awesome games. Yeah, all the kinesthetic stuff to get you up out of the you know the desk, do the same yes. thing, same monotony every day, mm -hmm. every other hour. That's awesome. Hey, I really appreciate that you remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're adjusting. You're going from middle school. You're you're going to St. Anthony's. What was any any factors that you were kind of weighing out? Were there other schools that you were thinking of? What was the decision that led you to St. Anthony's? Um, you said you were my, my, my eighth grade year. No, my seventh grade year was your first year. At, yeah. Okay, so you don't know my brother. No. My brother was at Memorial his eighth grade year when I was in sixth grade before I transferred in. Okay. So he went to St. Anthony's. It was kind of already decided I was going there. So there was no really other, any other factors. I was probably just going to go wherever he went. That's awesome. Doesn't that make it so much easier? Yeah, so much like easier. not have to balance out like this and this. And I'm sure, you know, there was probably a lot more decision making when you were deciding on Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did um, you get to did you get to play with your brother in St. Anthony's? Yeah, yeah. Um so uh, he was a junior and I was a freshman. Uh actually the story about that. So I started off on J V, right? And I had been working out at St. Anthony's so I was in seventh grade since he was a freshman. So Coach Hurley already knew me, stuff like that. Um, so when I got there as a freshman, they put me straight on JV. So I don't think I was supposed to be on varsity, but I think the very first official practice, my brother sprained his MCL. Ooh. And yeah, that very next day they brought me up. And then I think he recovered like mid-season that year. And then I played with him from then on to till he graduated. Awesome. So you guys did get to play. So it's, yeah. that's, not, that's not the way you want your brother to pave the way for you, though. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. It happens. Yeah. Did you, uh, I mean, what's your relationship with, like, your brother? I mean, were you, were you guys ultra competitive playing together? Did you kind yeah. of motivate you, each other? He, yeah. So, basically, Loya was, like, I would never be him one-on-one uh, growing up. And if, like, people who know me, my brother, he, like, our games are completely different. Like, he's more of a shooter. I'm more of a attacker. And so, um, it was kind of, like, kind of tough trying to be him in shooting competitions growing up. My dad actually said this to me that he never thought I was going to play basketball because the way I played, he thought I was going to be a football player. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, my mom didn't let me play football. I played football until, I was, until eighth grade. Then she made me stop because she was afraid of uh, concussions. Yeah. Why did your dad think that you were more suited towards football, not not basketball? Because um, Chetty was born with more of a more skill than I was. Okay. My, my body and skill didn't really start coming together until like I was like a junior in high school. Okay. Yeah. But his, like, he was more pure since he was, like, a little kid. It just, it just clicked for him. Have you been able to beat him since? He doesn't play. Like, he, does, he won't play me anymore. You know? Oh. He, he's done. He's done. He's, like, doing basketball. He just got his master's. Nice. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's good for him. Uh, he's got his master's. But, like, he'll still work out with me and shoot. He'll still yeah. be in battles, which kind of gets me mad because he doesn't work out no more. But it still, it still just clicks for him. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. So he's, he's a smart older brother, obviously, for more ways than one. Right? He's getting his master's, but he's a smart older brother because he's understanding that you, you would probably be able to beat him one-on-one, right? For sure. <laughs> 100%. And so the way that he tackles that is he just says he's Not done the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's retiring undefeated. Exactly. He won the last battle. In <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Hey, I'm, I'm an older brother, too, and uh, I know that game very, very well. You, uh, you bow out when, when it's time. So, <laughs> so you're, you're playing at St. Anthony's for four years, you're going on to enormous accomplishments there. At what point did you realize that playing in the NCAA was going to be real? Or was it always real? Yeah, it was always real for me. I, I think that was the reason I went to St. Anthony's because they offered the best type of basketball in the state and best type of coaching, Coach Hurley. So I knew that he was going to be able to prepare me for the next level. So that was always the goal. A lot of people, including students, you know, they, they see, and including myself too, you know, like we see the, the highlight reels, we see all like the, the best of packages and, and all these really you know, great clips that are put together and they make every athlete look spectacular. But what part of the grind for you do you think that just most fans, most other students or peers that they don't get to see? Like what sacrifices have you had to make? that maybe people don't know of. Yeah, I was. T- I mean, I think if you know my story, you probably know I was taking a train every every morning with my brother, uh, like an hour and a hour and a half each way, um, so three hours. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's probably the the biggest part of it. I think that that built the most character is having to wake up every morning at six in the morning. And you know, I went from taking a a bus two minutes down the road to middle school to taking a train like from eighth grade to to ninth grade. Um, that transition was kind of crazy for me. I think that was the biggest thing, and that was kind of the biggest sacrifice I had to give up. What uh, would you do for the hour and a half both ways uh, or each way? Sleep, do homework, eat, whatever, pass the time. It was just tough because you had to learn, like, which train wouldn't be packed or if you had to take a packed train, how to get, to, how to find the seat or how to find a good spot to stand just to be comfortable for the whole ride. So it was kind of a mix and feel type of thing. It's smart too, because you know you're maximizing your time. You're you're not just looking at it as like just sit there and and veg out. Even sleeping, you know, like that's that's important too, because you're busy. So you're just trying to make sure you're giving your body time to to recoup. So, to me, this is a question I got to ask you, as you know, as a former student, but also as a successful person that you are. I think that the age group that I teach, eighth grade, I think that those kids that age group in general, maybe middle school to, to a good portion of high school, I think, you know, failure and uh, coping with failure and processing what went into success, I think that is very difficult for, for that age group that I teach, that I work with. What are some things that you do to reflect after a good game? What are some things that you do to reflect after a bad game? I think after every game, I, I go back and I watch the film. Um, it's definitely difficult watching losses because you – you get to see like what little thing could have went differently for you for that tell that to turn that L into a W. Um, but I think failure is it makes the the journey that much that much better. Um, just looking back and realizing how many times you failed, but how many times you you didn't quit or you didn't you didn't want to just stop. Um, so I think failures failures like I said, failures a part of the journey and it's, and it's supposed to be a part of the journey because if there's no failures, then it wouldn't really be a journey or just be. Just a, I can't even find the word. It just wouldn't be a journey. It wouldn't be one, anything. Yeah, just one quote that I actually, my uh, athletic trainer told me this when I was a junior in college. He said, you can't climb a mountain if it's straight. Something like Ooh. that. Yeah, you yeah. can't climb a mountain if it's Or something like that. If it's flat? Some, yeah, I, I can't something. find the word now. But yeah, 
You can't that's, climb a mountain if it's straight. Or if it's smooth. Oh, it's yeah. Smooth. That's what he said. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth. So if it's, if it's easy, then, you know, it's, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, there's so many things, you know, there's so many, like, sayings. Like, I, I know one for me that I always say is, you know, if it's easy, it's not worth doing. Right. As far as, like, an academic challenge or whatever kind of challenge, you know, you're, you're faced with. And, I, man, I think you, you, all those things that you just said, like, hit home in so many different ways. Because, you know, I was, um, you know, for me, I think that you said it's a part of the journey. It's a part of the process. And I think that sometimes people look at failure as, and especially, you know, the age group that I'm working with, I think a lot of my students sometimes look at failures as just kind of something that, why did this happen to me? as opposed to this is happening to everyone. Right. And I, that's, I love that you said that. That's very quotable, very quotable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, okay. And you know, what's interesting is you said too, that like you look back on, do you, you said you, you review the tape obviously for act for athletic um, reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, any other parts of your life where you're looking at what went right, what went wrong, or is it mainly kind of like you're, you're reviewing tape and looking at it sounds, I guess what I'm trying to say is it sounds like most of what you're reflecting on are some of the negatives. Cause then you like micro, you know, you go through it in your head and you try to like look at every possible thing you could have done differently. Do you scrutinize yourself that much with the positives? No, I feel as with the positives, like say, say I'm, I'm working on a move like in the summer and then the first time I, I pull out the move, it's successful. Then I and I only do it once in the game though, and I notice that while I watch it back, I'll I'll focus on using that move more. So it's not more scrutinizing; it would be more so um, just realizing that something that you can make into a strength. I would say. Okay, because uh, we I had this conversation through Zoom, obviously, mm-hmm. with uh, with one of my classes. We were doing something. I forgot how it got brought up, but just the idea of you know what do you reflect on more is it your failures or is it your law lo- or your successes and you know we were definitely split down the middle and I feel like mm-hmm. for me uh I definitely reflect way more on my failures mm-hmm. and I do and I, I wonder if that's human nature I wonder if that's just something that most people do but I had half of my class that were, was saying no 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 my my successes I actually reflect on more because I want to know how I could keep repeating that which I didn't, I didn't think about that. Right. But it sounds like you kind of do that a little bit too, where you said, if you're learning a new move, you're almost, and you do it only once in the game, you're trying to figure out like, okay, that one time was successful where like that move was successful. How can I maximize that more often in the future? Where will I find spots to kind of throw that in? Right. I Which think I feel as if there's, there's no right or wrong way to look at it. You know, like you said, um, another way to look at uh, focus on your strengths is, or focus on your success, I should say is that, um, those could be the those could be the things that bring you out of the woodworks. Like when you're down about a failure, if you focus more on your success, you feel as if why can I get back to that that point in my life? Totally. So yeah. what's a what's a mental tool that you use when you're stressed or when you're under pressure? Whether it's you know in a game, big moment, or you know practicing something, learning something new in in any facet of your life. I would say talking to yourself. To be honest, uh, talk to yourself out, out loud. Out loud, yeah. That that people might think is crazy, but it really does work. Um, just saying, like, just I don't know. I call my I call myself my nickname, and then I'll just be like, you know, you've been here before, or you've been you've been in a situation before. So it's like, why why stress? Why, why worry? That's what I feel. I love it. So you're kind of like just walking through the process uh, out loud, almost. Yeah, I yeah. I, I do that a lot. 
But you know what's interesting? Little tiny nuance. I never actually address myself by my name. No, I do. You address yourself by your by your nickname. And the thing is, I think a lot of basketball players do that. Like, I'll be working out with people, and they'll be like, "Come on!" And then they'll be like, "They say their name." <laughs> it's just it's just normalized, to be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Georgetown's coming to an end. The the coolest thing for me, I think, in just kind of, you, know, you played for Patrick Ewing. Right. What were you starstruck initially? Like, or you said that, you know, playing the NCAA was always a part of the process. It was always on the table for you. So I imagine they were probably, you were probably kind of almost, I don't want to use the word numb, but like you were probably, is it safe to say that you kind of expected that you would be interacting with stars of the game past or present at some point? I mean, yes and no. Cause, because, um, well, for, for once he, he didn't recruit me. Right. I, yeah, I was recruited by uh, John Thompson Thursday yeah. when the whole coaching change went about. And then I got the news that he was our new coach. Uh, my dad was extremely excited because he was a Nick fan. So he was able to watch Patrick Ewing his playing days. I'm obviously too young, so I didn't yeah. see. But obviously, you know, it's, still, it's just another basketball line. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird for me sitting here being like it's normal because I played for two Hall of Famers playing-wise and coaching-wise. Um, but like that's not normal. That's not <laughs> not something you. That's not being normalized. Um, so I mean, looking back on it, was I starstruck? No. Um, but one one person that that I was starstruck when he came to the gym was Allen Iverson, and I only saw him one time. But like, I remember we had it was during the summer we had like a pickup run, and we're playing pickup. It was like game three, whatever, and. Like I'm, I'm getting back on defense. I'm running back, and I look to my left, and I see Allen Iverson. And I look left, I look back, and I, st- I just stop. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, whoa! But like, my whole team stopped, so I knew it was right. me. So I think that a person of that magnitude um, was definitely like a starstruck experience for me. Did uh, is he the only person you've ever been starstruck around to that level? No, Kevin Durant. Oh wow. So the thing about Georgetown is like it's is in DC. So sometimes when actually more 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 likely than not, when an NBA team is playing the Wizards, they might have shoot around in our gym. Oh wow! Sometimes we don't get to see them because I might be in class uh, while they're shooting around. But this one time, I remember I was like the first person in the locker room because I had lift before practice. I got there a little early, and um, the way our locker room is set up, like you open up the the door and you right on the gym. So I'll open the door and I'll just look up and I'm, I see Kevin Durant. I'm, what? Because I was not expecting the Warriors to be in our gym that day. Yeah. Um, so I see Kevin Durant. He's like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? So he's like, he's extremely tall. Like, yeah. Some people are listed at 6'11, 7 feet. He's legit 7 feet. And he's like so, super lanky too. So yeah, like that, yeah, that's, that's that 7 feet's going to look like 8, I'm sure. Right. And this was the year, this was the year um, they won the championship. So it was the year with Nick Young, mm. you know, Andre Godala. So um, teams don't usually come into our locker room, but um, I don't know. I guess, I guess they had to take a shower. So they showered <laughs> in our locker room. So the whole team was just in our locker room, just having a conversation. And we were just sitting there with them. And it was just like, like normal. Like it was just, it was just so, it was actually kind of crazy to me. They get back to it. That's unreal. That's unreal. So you've got a, you've got this incredible moment. I know, and I, I remember the the dunk against Seton Hall. I'm sure you probably talked about that like nonstop, yeah. right? What what was your reaction? 
I, I guess maybe let me ask you this. What was your reaction to that dunk as it was happening? And I, I, I always criticize whenever there's like sports reporter that asks like, what were you thinking in the moment? Cause the answer is always like uh, nothing. I was just reacting. Um, right. But like, what was your, maybe what was your reaction afterwards when you saw it on, you know, sports center highlights? When it first went down, my first thought was like that has to be Sports Center top ten. <laughs> it just has to be. You and knew I didn't then. Know what, I didn't know what it looked like at the time, so I didn't see the video. But after the game, I'm like, okay, like that has to be on Sports Center top ten. Like, there's no doubt. That was easily the craziest play of my career, easily. But like, I don't remember it. I don't remember it at all. I remember what I remember is I came down. I'm over half court. I'm looking back for a play. And the defender presses up on me. I switch to my left. I give him a half spin. And then I don't remember the rest. I just remember I came down and my teammate bumped me. And then that's how I woke back up. Like, I just don't remember. I don't remember from the dunk to the time I landed. I don't remember anything. Did you, did you hear anything? Like the crowd? The crowd went, like, silent. I wish it was a home game because it was a home yeah. game. So much better. Right. But, uh, yeah, it just the crowd just went silent. Isn't that the best thing to do as a – as yeah. the away team, sure, get, get that home crowd to uh, to, to hush. Be quiet. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the best part. Yeah, yeah, because uh, because the the video is amazing. But I think what's even cooler is there's some really great stills where you're just looking over the guy and the guy's got his head down, uh, twenty three, and it's 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 an awesome picture. It makes me crack up every time I see it. Now, um, a lot of people don't know. Um, that I ever told this. So I was I'm cool with Miles, uh, number thirteen on Saint Hall. So after the game, uh, this is when we're about to load up to the bus. I think he was still downstairs, uh, and their locker room is right by where we exit out of. So he was talking to number 23, and it's the first time I met him. So the first thing he says, like, oh, don't come near me. Like, he was, like, something <laughs> funny. Yeah. So that's, like, that's the first time I met Sandro. And then, uh, yeah, so that's a lot, a lot of people don't know that. That's awesome. That's funny. Um you know, I guess you said at one point that the NCAA was always on the table. So I'm going to assume that you always felt that you belonged. Is that a fair assumption? Yes. Okay. Um, was there any point that you kind of realized like the magnitude of what you were doing or you're just so, you know, your nose is to the grind, you're working so hard, you're, you're in it. So it's kind of hard to, I guess, take a step back. Has there been any moment, I guess, over the last, maybe over the last month where you've taken a step back and kind of just realized like, how much you've accomplished so far? Uh, I would say coming home um, a couple of weeks ago, I'm looking around my room. I see, you know, trophies and this picture when I was in seventh grade. Uh, it's kind of, like I said earlier, it's like this surreal. Um, when you're when you're in the fire, you don't really recognize you're in the fire until you make it out. Yeah. So, you know, I was in the grind for four years and it just becomes, it just becomes routine, you know, just waking up every day, going to the gym. Uh, working out, running, stuff like that. Like, now that my college career is over, it's kind of like I can look back and think, like, oh, even though it didn't go 100% the way I wanted to, it still were a lot of highs as long as some lows. Yeah, and, you know, it's like you – I love that you're saying how when you're in it, obviously you're working so hard and it just becomes a part of the routine, and I think that speaks towards your your work ethic. You know, and, and I remember you – I was talking to my wife right before, you know, I came up and – and started doing this. And I was like, you know, I, I remember Jagan just being so serious, but, but not like you took yourself too seriously. But I, I just remember you being 
studious and just like you, you took your work, your academics, you took like the process, you took all of that seriously. You know, I didn't obviously know you as an athlete and knew you as a student. And, and that's what I remember about you. And, you know, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, as I'm, I was looking up some quotes that your, your, your coach, it's cool to say coach Ewing said, um, <laughs> for me, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I want to circle back to that for a second. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love the honesty of like, no, it really wasn't like this starstruck moment you know, playing for Patrick Ewing because you didn't see him play. Right. Um, and, but it, it's, it's so crazy. Cause like, you know, I, I, when I was in middle school, like I was into basketball. I loved the Knicks cause the Knicks were good then too. And right. I remember, you know, Ewing and, and against the Spurs and, and all that and Latrell Sprewell, like mm-hmm. all. So it's like, those are names from like my youth. So it's, it's nuts. So I guess like the way that, uh, that you reacted to like, um, Allen Iverson is kind of like the way that I'm reacting to, you know, Patrick Ewing. And that's what's so cool about it is it's like, it's always generational. Um, right. So he, he said, quote, you know, his heart, his effort, his energy, his intensity, his leadership, everything about everything that encompasses him is going to be hard to replace. And I love that about him. Uh, what do you think your legacy is at Georgetown? Um, so there was a, there was a scene for my senior day. There was a senior video and, you know, coach Ewing was basically talking to all our seniors. So it was me, three other players and two managers. Um, and the one thing he said about me was without, without Jagan Mosey, there's no Georgetown basketball, which is obviously overstated, you know, <laughs> but still coming from him is, is a really big compliment and um, definitely, definitely can't really find the words, but like I said, a really big compliment. It just means a lot coming from a guy like him with his stature and um, where he's been in life and all the comments that he's had. Yeah. I'm sure he's he's seen a lot, you know, so mm-hmm. to be able to send that praise your way is enormous. Right. Uh, how hard was it balancing majoring in finance and, and being the heart of your team? <laughs> my freshman year, my freshman year hit me hard. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, no discredit to St. Anthony's, but obviously it's not, it's not Marlboro and, you know, in terms of academics. So it was, it was kind of easy to get by, but I got to Georgetown and it was just like a train hit me, like, all the work was on my plate, and I started to focus on basketball well uh, as well. Um, so that was tough, but um, I was mentored by a lot of a lot of good people. Uh, Caleb Johnson being one, he was also a finance major, and it's not really common for uh, the basketball team to be in the business school. So I think it was just me and him, and maybe one other person. Wow. Um, and it was just kind of uh, it was kind of perfect that we had the same major, so I would be able to follow his schedule because he was a year ahead of me. So I was able to follow his schedule and just pick the right teachers and stuff like that. I think what's really great is, you know, like you, you laid down all that hard work though already at St. Anthony's with, you know, having that worth that work ethic and right. working for an hour and a half both ways on the, you know, on the train. And I think that, you know, that, I mean, I imagine that someone like you who kind of went to Georgetown and then you're, you're having this like, whoa, this is a big adjustment. I mean, I'm imagining for someone who doesn't have that work ethic like you did, to how big of an adjustment that would have been for them mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. more so. And, you know, and, and then not be able to kind of land on their feet the way that you obviously have. Um, pressure to live up to uh, being the heart of the team. No, not even internally. Cause I feel like that's what, uh, that's, it, it's good to feel needed. I would say. So, you know, when, when, um, people have to, people have to leave and then people get injured. Um, 
and then you, you have, you're forced to play 38 to 40 minutes a game. It's, it it, it kind of raises your play as a competitor because you, when you feel needed, it's kind of like I have to be prepared every single second of the game. I can't take no plays off. And that's what that's what uh, competitors thrive on. So I think it was, a, it was definitely more of a positive than a negative for me. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, I mean, senior year, is it, is it fair to say you, you chalked up the most minutes yeah. your, whole career, your whole career? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you were uh, playing like 40 minutes like, yeah. a game. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a lot easier because you, you can get into a flow. Like, for me, I'm not someone that goes into the game and, you know, tries, tries to score it immediately. I, I let the game to flow and come to me. So when you're playing 40 minutes, it's kind of easier to, get to let the game come to you and, you know, get, get into a rhythm. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that starting and stopping and cooling down and warming yep. back up. Yes, yeah, sure. I know that that definitely could be a, you know, mess with your head a little bit as well as your body. Um, so as we're we're winding down here, uh, Mr. Fine has newspaper clippings okay. all over his room, and you know a lot of them have you know your accolades for what you've accomplished in Memorial St. Anthony's Georgetown, um, and then you know in a couple of years we'll have know, in the NBA and, and, you know, bigger and better things. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep that. Obviously we're going to have to make sure that he has room on that wall <laughs> for more growth. Seriously. So, you know, students see your impact every year. And I think that's, again, that's another reason why, you know, people, you know, students at Memorial, they, they still know your name. Is there something that they would like, so they can read all these articles and things that people have written about you and all that. Is there something that you would love our audience to know about you that isn't in those typical articles? Um, I would say that even though it looks like I've done a lot, I was also in their position at one point. You know, I was, I was like you said, in that seat. I was sitting in those seats. I was doing the work that they were doing, and I was the kid um, envisioning my future. So even though, even if there's kids in that school that, that don't play basketball or don't play a sport, I feel as if, if even if they don't have a goal at this point, they're going to have a goal eventually in life. So even though it might seem far away, is is literally like right there. Like I'm sitting here like eight years later, and um, just looking back on what I've done, um, just it's just it happened so fast. That's probably the best thing. It happened so fast, so you can You have to stay ready and you have to stay focused, regardless of how many like you said failures you come across. Who says those failures can't turn into successes? I love it. With you know the state of everything that's going on right now and. You know, your graduation is getting postponed mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, Memorial, we don't know what's going on with anything like that and the uncertainty of the, the remainder of the school year, you know, going on through Zoom and, and finish, you know, students who are finishing out middle school, what, uh, what advice do you have for them? Um, I would say come out of this with more positives than negatives. Um, I feel as if with how long this is going on and no one really knows how long it's going to last. Um Obviously, it was tough. Like you said, it was tough in the beginning, but you're starting to get you're starting to get into your routine. So now that the honeymoon phase in the beginning is out of the way, um, try to come out of here with something something new, learn a new a new hobby, something you learn something new about yourself. Don't let this negative something that you can't control. Don't let it uh, hinder your progress in life. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because it's the worst is I, I, I've always said it and I'm the worst at following my own advice where I say you know, like the flow chart. It's can you control it? Yes. All right. So do something about it. Don't stress. Can mm-hmm. you control it? No. Okay. So don't stress. It's out of your hands. 
And I'm the worst at following <laughs> that advice because it, for me, I'm like, can I control it? No. Okay. Stress out even more. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, that's, that's great advice. I, I love that you called it the honeymoon phase. I'm going to start calling it that. Yeah, the honeymoon phase. You know what I got to do? Honestly, I, I got to, I really have to start like creating a, a visual list or something of more positives than negatives with this. Cause yeah, there's works. so, there's so many things that I don't even realize that I've got. Like I've had a, I've had a home gym that I've built and collected and added to for the last, like, I don't know, geez, hold on my, Oh God, 20 years. <laughs> like since I was 13 and got my first weight set and then just, you know, kept building more and more and more. And it, when my brother-in-law swung by and, you know, we talked from other ends of the driveway, he was like, bet you're happy having that home gym now. And I'm like, you know, I didn't even realize, like, I really don't even process like how lucky I am to have like something like that, which is so yeah. my life. That's a positive. Mm -hmm. It's so true. You just got to find like, find things that you're learning about yourself, find things that are positive and just, you know, make that your focus, not about like what you can't do. What you can do. Exactly. Yeah. Great talking to you. Great catching up with you and uh, keep in touch, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Jagan Mosley. I still remember Jagan sitting in, in that seat. That, that wasn't a joke. That's not hyperbole. I know that sounds like a trite, typical thing that any teacher or former coach of an athlete says, you know, I remember where he would sit. And it really is the truth. He's a driven, he was a driven individual. Uh, he was a driven young man when I had him back in 2012. Um, he was 13 years old. And obviously at 21, he's still an incredibly driven person. And it's been amazing getting to see his journey. But that journey's not over. Well, listen, uh, if you were a fan of this episode, like I certainly was, I think I'm allowed to be a fan of my own podcast. And in this episode, I've wanted to do this for a while and, and circumstances kind of, you know, didn't allow that to happen face to face. But it was amazing getting just to, to chat with Jagan. Uh, if you're a fan of this episode, you know, let Jagan know. You know, he, again, he's the kind of person that's going to respond to fan feedback. And if you're going to give him love, you know, he's going to make sure he gets you love back. And uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know where to find us. You can find us on Stitcher, Anchor.fm, our hosting platform, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Yahoo Podcasts, Bing Podcasts, uh, Firefox Podcasts. Uh, these are all made up, half of these. You can find us anywhere that podcasts can be found. Make sure that you leave us a five-star rating. Make sure that you subscribe so you can always stay notified, uh, especially as the year is going on, current Memorial students. It's even more important. If you're a fan of this podcast, definitely make sure that you subscribe. A big reason why is, you know, it's, it's not going to add to my subscription numbers or any nonsense like that. Again, this is, this, is, this is done for my love of connecting with people, with connecting with students. The whole idea of subscribing, if you're unaware of it is so that you get it immediately. It's downloaded right to your device. Why is that so important? Well, we're, con we're constantly communicating now digitally. We're constantly communicating through Google Classroom and email and, and all of that for you know, the foreseeable future. So sometimes uh, when I post an episode, it might get you know, lost in the shuffle of a billion things that teachers have to post or, or do. So you know where to find us. Uh, find us and add us on Snapchat at the Monarch Experience Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Monarch XP. And follow Jagan at Jagan Mosley at J underscore Mosley uh, on, on Twitter. We are continuously doing uh, some Monarch Experience alumni episodes, but we are not ignoring our current students. So current students, if you want to be on an episode, talk to me about a topic. It, 
doesn't have to be conversation with just you as an individual. It could be about a topic. It could be whatever you want. Remember, the Monarch Experience, we're all about giving students voice. All right. Happy, uh, happy birthday to Jagan. Happy, happy day. Happy day. Oh, happy day. See ya.